Mamma Mia. He that reminds me of Oh my god, have you seen Mamma Mia? Oh no. I don't know. Mm. Probably. I have a mom and sister. <laughs> that means nothing. <laughs> I was singing a song for Mamma Mia the other day. I can't remember which one it was though. If you change your mind, I'm the first in line. line. Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know. I'm going to be around. I have a CD in my car that sings that, but I don't know who it is. ABBA? No. It's um, it's not like them. It's like a group. It's from my sister. I just keep it in my car. ABBA? No, it's not ABBA. ABBA might sing the song, but it's not the group. It's like... They were kids, but they're probably like 40 now. Kids Bop? No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think of it. That would be like in a minute, like 30, and I'll just shove it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Bug in a Rug podcast. As always, my name's Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And today we are joined by a special guest. Hey. (laughs) It's Jack. If you don't recall, he was on a previous episode called the Dilatov or Ditlov or Dyatlov. Dyatlov. I really don't know how to say it. That's why I'm saying it multiple ways. El Dorado. (laughs) The Road to El Dorado. The Road to El Dorado. What movie is that? It's is called that the, one? the Road to El Dorado. Dis- oh my god, I meant describe it to me. Uh, two friends are seeking the treasure and they the cartoon. actually- Yes. Okay. They actually find El Dorado, but one yes. of them falls in love with the princess. Yes. And the they other find one a big, to leave with the gold. Big, big um, rock monster, right? Maybe. I don't remember. When you, Whenever anyone says the Road to El Dorado, I think of the one, we talked about it before, where it's not Matthew McConaughey- but he takes his horse, there we go, takes his horse through the desert and has to eat uh, locusts at one point. Yeah. That's all I remember about that movie. Have you seen it? I haven't seen either of these movies. Oh, wait, what? (laughs) You've never seen The Road to El Dorado? Good movie, good cartoon. Have you seen Atlantis? No, oh, no! Are you kidding me? <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> Our obscure Disney. Have movie you obsession. seen um, what's the one where it's kind of in space? Titan A. Nope. What is that? It's not a Disney movie. Go no. Ahead, um, and there's like space pirates, and he's at the home planet, and this guy like comes, and he wants to find the tre- treasure planet. Star Wars. Treasure <laughs> planet. I had to get there. I have you seen Treasure Planet? Uh, just thinking of when Spongebob's in the imaginary box and it's <laughs> Robot Pirate Island. They sign a tree. Beep boop, beep beep. Arr. Squidward doesn't get it, right? Yeah, and then he goes in their box and he's like, okay, let's start. And then Patrick goes like, beep boop, beep beep. <laughs> <laughs> the songs are all new. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, a lot of our movie references blur together. Mm-hmm. That is true. Tell us what your favorite movie is. Road to El Dorado, Hildago, Treasure Planet, or Atlantis. 
one of those has to be your favorite movie or your favorite <laughs> out of those because one of those has to be your favorite i think it's a four-way tie for me <laughs> i mean how could you choose <laughs> oh my goodness whitney since you have written the story i want to know is the story going to keep me up at night keep us up at night excuse me it or might. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna sleep as snug as I'm gonna Probably, well, maybe. <laughs> Depends. Ooh. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. I'm a Mario. <laughs> Mexico. It's not, it's not really what he says, the rain, but I always think no! He's saying Mario. Mario, but it sounds like Mexico. No, he's saying let's, let's go. go. <laughs> we're talking about okay. <laughs> like you've played mario kart right with exactly. us with, with, yeah. for yeah. the first I mean, time on gamecube yeah, which was, isn't the best one i haven't i didn't play on gamecube did we play on we, we used the we on wii? Cube game though and controllers uh, yeah. on the wii yeah yeah oh. inception the terrible movie i haven't seen inception terrible. so i just keep referencing it and eventually i'll catch on Anybody who's seen Inception, Carly, I'm looking at you. Are you looking at her? Explain. <laughs> yes, I pulled up her? a picture of her. <laughs> Explain the ending papers. to me. Have you seen it? I don't understand the ending, and since you guys haven't seen it, we'll stop there. Maybe I'm Is dumb. Is it Leonardo DiCaprio? And he ends yes. in the lighthouse? No. Okay, I don't know. That's the scary one, where he's like at the... No, you're talking about the one where he's at the insane asylum. Yeah. And you're like, is he crazy or is he not crazy? Yeah. Because he's like a detective. They're not the same. Detective. No, they're not the same. Not even close. Both Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, he didn't win an Oscar for either one. He also did Titanic. <laughs> yeah, I have think seen about that it. One and you haven't, so. I haven't seen I know the ending and it's like four hours long. It so very long. That's why I refuse to watch it. Is it worth it? No. Right. <laughs> okay. This is very suspenseful. You don't know what's going to happen. Yes, I do. <laughs> that was the joke. <laughs> he can easily fit on the. Yeah, yeah. Everybody gets really mad about the there, movie. There was a skit, not a skit, but they had what's the girl's name in it? Rose. Well, yeah, yeah, but the actress. Anyway, she was on Jimmy Fallon, and they were talking about it, and they, like, climbed on his desk, and she's like, see, like, we could have both fit. <laughs> and then she pushed him off, and Jimmy Fallon died. What? <laughs> yes. Anyway, anyway, in a roundabout way, did that segue to your story at all? Absolutely not. <laughs> Whoops. It's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> I don't think that segues either, but here we go. So, today we're going to be talking about a um a mystery shout out to seth as well as laura and ben and a couple other of their friends who encouraged me to use this story this week okay seth suggested it and then they um the others kind of like picked it out like from yes, my, yes, yes from my options I yes gave. um if we're going to solve a mystery, we have to decide right now between the two of us who is Sherlock Holmes and who's Dr. Watson. Oh, I thought you were going to say who's the good cop and who's the bad cop. <laughs> oh, or that too. You pick. Have you seen Sherlock Holmes? I, like, no, I haven't seen it. Anyway. Jack is the great mouse detective. <laughs> and you are. I was going to say Dr. Doolittle, but I was thinking of Stuart Little. 
our movie <laughs> references collide. Anyway. Anyway, so I'm going to start out with backstory and kind of flow into the mystery, and then we'll talk about some theories at the end. Ain't that the way it goes? Generally speaking, yes. <laughs> what if you're like, I'm going to talk about theories, and then I'll tell you what happened? I can. No. Please Do don't. you want to start with theories? No, I don't. I'll tell you what I think happened. You did, and, then, and we'll guess what the what happened. I'll tell you the mystery, and then the backstory. We'll just throw that out. Okay. Just kidding. Because there's a lot of backstory, and I think that it helps tie everything together as backstories are. Normally to do. does. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Dying right now. I'm gonna be Jack from Titanic and just dive on. It. His name's Jack. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's why you looked at me with this strange expression. I thought his name was Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're not wrong. Our story starts with George Sauter, who was born by the name Giorgio Sadu in Tula, Sardinia in 1895. Excuse me, Tula? 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 Sardinia. Sardinia. Which I think is part of Italy. But honestly, I he, know. Was, he was Italian. No. Why didn't you look up how far far away Tula, Sardinia was from us? I thought that was his name. Well, Sardinia, <laughs> no, Ohio. His name George Sauder or Giorgio Sadu. Sadu. Oh. Do you need to take notes? I know we joked about it earlier. <laughs> Sardinia I'm is I'm ready. I'm an ready. island. <laughs> like close to Sicily or something? It's an island in the Mediterranean Sea, but it is part of Italy. Okay. Then you were kind of right. This is why. <laughs> this is why I didn't give you directions. Yeah. As I usually do. Because we have to go by boat? Or plane. Yeah. And there's not any currently any flights. Yeah, I see. So Google Maps physically will not tell me. How long would it take us to swim there? (laughs) I mean. It's across the ocean. No. Hey. You don't know what my legs look like. I could be a mermaid. (laughs) I know what your legs look like. That's a lie. We live together. (laughs) You don't know what my legs look like. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Giorgio Sadu right. from Italy. We're just going to say it, Italy. Uh, he was born in 1895. He immigrated to the United States in 1908 at the age of 13. Wow. By himself? Uh, he came with his older brother. Okay. Who came with him to Ellis Island. But once he dropped off George, he. So Wait, he where did he drop George off at? Ellis Island. Is that in New York? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was generally the place where Im- wow, immigrants okay. came through. So he um, was by himself, right. but he soon got a job working on the Pennsylvania railroads, carrying water and supplies to the laborers there. So he wasn't himself laboring on the railroad. He was right, right, right. Well, like what? helping other people. Yeah. He Wait, did- but what? He he just got dropped off there at the age of 13 and yeah. then. Yeah, that's pretty much how. A lot of them did. I would die. Well, he didn't. <laughs> Yet. He's a survivor. He's going to make it. Those are not the words. What are the words? I thought it was, I'm not going to give up. I don't honestly know. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, uh, he moved to Smithers, West Virginia after a few years. 
Okay. So I know this is another uh, more local story, but that's another reason I found it so interesting. Smithers, West Virginia. Never heard, never been. I'm not going to try and look up directions because Google Maps has aggravated me. It could have been and just didn't know. Could have been what? Two Smithers, West Virginia. And I just didn't know. You could have been to Smithers, West Virginia. Yes. I thought you were saying there could have been two <laughs> TWO Smithers, West Virginia. And you wouldn't know, because neither would I, because we're really bad with geography. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to need you to compose yourself. Yeah. We're on the first paragraph of six pages. Okay, go. I'm ready. Resources. So, uh... He moved to Smithers, West Virginia, and he worked as a driver for some trucking companies into, I'm assuming by then he was old enough to drive. Nope, still 13. (laughs) Until he was able to launch his own trucking company, which hauled dirt for construction and then freight for coal later on. Oh, nice. Good for him. So he made his own company and kind of evolved it as he went. Sure. One day when he was in town, he walked into a store called Music Box. Okay. Which I'm assuming sold was a music, music box. Oh. <laughs> I was picturing like different instruments, but it could have just been music boxes. Could have been a bar. I don't It could have been a bar. Jazz place. Like the Music Box, local music every Thursday night. That's very possible. Okay. I do not know. Anyway, uh, but he ran into the owner's daughter, whose name was Ginny Cipriani, C-I-P-R-I-A-N-I. And she had immigrated to America from Italy when she was three years old. How do they always find each other? They tend to keep with people who have their own cultures. Yeah. So they can continue their own traditions. Well, you talked about that story. one story where that lady put, like, ads out in the newspaper for people that were also... I don't know where she was from. I don't remember. Norwegian, right? And then she Mm -hmm. killed him. Yeah, Hell's Bell. Yeah. So, yes, Ginny had come at the age of three. They uh, met and fell in love, I'm assuming, because they were married and had ten children between the years 1923 and 1943. Wowza. Wowza. Listen. This was a thing back then. Because I feel like in the early 1900s, it was still the type of age where you would have a lot of kids and some of them might not survive so like i read another story that i was will probably do later at a later date where they had 19 children what is this cheaper by the dozen or (laughs) the duckers yes yes plus birth control wasn't necessarily a thing then yeah you're right you're absolutely right i know (laughs) so they then took their family and settled in fayetteville west virginia okay I have heard of Fayetteville. Yes. Yeah. In Fayetteville, there was a small but very active Italian immigrant community. Okay. Which they fit into. Right. And they were able to Make feel friends. comfortable there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The townspeople thought really well of them. One of the town magistrates even said they were, quote, one of the most respected middle class families around. Interesting. So they were middle class Just by this time. Just snuck middle class in there. They could have just said, like, one of the most respected families around. Well, I think they were saying that they were fairly well off for oh, okay. maybe the area. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that for sense. being immigrants, it and was... And for having ten children. And for having ten children, they still did. Okay, I mean, he had his own business. Yeah. So, that's... Yeah. Helps. 
So George was strongly opinionated and always spoke his mind about politics, business, and current events. He was extremely outspoken for his dislike of the Italian dictator Mussolini. Really? Okay. Right. So, Did a lot of other people in the area like Mussolini? Some of them found it very disrespectful that okay. he spoke out against him. Okay. And he often got in heated arguments with other members of the community, bickering back and forth about whether or not Mussolini was good or not. Good or not. Right, right, right. Okay, that makes sense. Which he was not. No. No, <laughs> okay. He with Hitler. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I okay. did, in fifth grade, did a project on Mussolini. I had to do a puppet. <gasps> did, so you know kind of what he looks like, or did, was the puppet, yeah, like, was, purple? No, it was, like, a hand puppet. It was good. Do you still have it? Um... I doubt it. You should have brought it. I didn't. <laughs> Make another one right now. We'll wait. <laughs> but, yeah, he was kind of like an old Italian guy. He was kind of big and fat. Yeah, and was not nice. Um, He was nicer than Hitler. Yeah, but. but wow, what a scale. <laughs> yeah, like, how low's the bar here, though? But, I mean, he was more publicly aggressive than him. Mm. Like he, his instead of Hitler was like preaching to like his friends. Yeah, Mussolini would like yell at everybody. I got you. He like this is what we have to do. He would be like, this is what we should. Do. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's a good thing you're here, because we would have just skimmed right over that. Oh, I figured that having Jack here would be an asset to this story, <laughs> considering the things that we won't understand. He <laughs> probably will. Yes. Anyway, so although George was very outspoken about his views, he would never talk about why he came to America. Interesting. Okay. A lot of people would be like, oh, I came from here, and this is why I left. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. So I believe this. Not talk about it. Yeah. Which I think find strange, because he was brought at the age of 13, and his family just, like, left. Yeah. And we don't know much about his family. Interesting. Okay. So they arrived in Fayetteville... And most of our story now is going to take place in Fayetteville in the year 1945. Okay. Now, the World War II was ending. I'm looking at Jack for confirmation. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. 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 And um, this is the one with Hitler. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, World War II was ending, and a lot of people from the area, a lot of the men had been away at war. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's kind of like... They were, like, coming back. They were kind of coming back, Yeah. But it was still, like, things were wrapping up. Mm-hmm. And the, the community, which, as of, like, 2018, had 2,762 people. So mm-hmm. it was a decent-sized community. Yeah. Nowadays, even then, it was pretty decent-sized. But because of the war, like, there weren't as many people. Oh, they were missing people. They were missing people. Okay. Including one of the Sauter family's children. Their oldest son, Joe, was away in the Army. Fayette County itself is 5.57 square miles. Like I said, it had almost 3,000 people in 2018. So it's a small community. Uh, It's near the New River Gorge Bridge. I know where that is. Right, which is a a, a scenic It looks nice in West Virginia. It looks really nice. Yeah. People see pictures of it. They like to go there. People think of West Virginia and they see pictures of a bridge and it's this bridge. (laughs) It's a nice bridge. What it's can I say? It's a decent bridge. It's a good it's okay. bridge. Good bridge. Trees in the background. Look very West Virginia. If I had to live under a bridge, I'd pick that one. If I was a troll, good spot. Good. Great, some would say. Anyway, 
So, uh, nine of the children were still at home. The tenth one, like I said, was away. He had been at war. Are you alright? <laughs> no! <laughs> okay, yep, got it. Nine kids there, one kid away. He was the troll. <laughs> no, but then he would have still get been no there. Trolls, we don't get no rolls. <laughs> Toast troll and rolls roll. Anyway. And a troll's a troll. Yeah. So, uh, in 1945, I'm going to tell you the children's ages as of that year. So, Sylvia, who was two, Betty, five years old, Ginny, eight, Louis, nine, Martha, 12, Maurice, 14, George Jr., 16, Marion, 17, and John, who was 23. I don't know how old Joe was. He was at war. He was at war. Okay, yeah. Uh, Probably 25. I'm going to say he's in the middle. I thought he was the oldest. I guess I don't know if he was the oldest. I know one of their children was away fighting. Oh, okay, okay. But I would assume... I don't know why... One of the older John. I don't know why some of the others weren't there. Weren't also fighting. Was there a draft in World War Two? No. Oh, never mind. I know why they weren't all gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not everybody got drafted. I'm, I mean, <laughs> World War Two was more... <laughs> well, I meant, like, even if there was know. a draft, that doesn't necessarily mean that all of their children got sent to war. Uh, all boys probably... over 18. I don't think that's right. That's how I think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's uh, when you when you're 18, you have to sign up. Yeah. Oh. Really? And yeah, then you they still pull do. a I name, one name out of the hat from each community, and that is the tribute <laughs> selected to fight in the Hunger Games. <laughs> I... no. uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. so they all live together in a house, and I'm gonna kind of tell you the layout of their home. It was a nice house, two stories. They had the first floor, which was a living room, dining room, kitchen, and office, and the parents' bedroom, Jenny and George, when they had a crib next to them for Sylvia, who was two years old at right. the time. Right. Makes sense. I don't really understand the layout of the upstairs exactly, but basically there was a staircase leading up to a long hallway. Yep. And on either end of the hall were, like, the younger children's rooms. Okay. Somewhere in the middle, Marion had a room, and then George Jr. and John shared a room together. Okay, Sure. Um, no bathrooms? I have no idea about the bathrooms. That's why I said I don't exactly know. <laughs> bathrooms were invented then, right? Yes. <laughs> Indoor plumbing was like the Romans. <laughs> then why did we have outhouses for so long? Outhouses? Why did the pilgrims have outhouses if the Romans invented indoor plumbing? When was Shrek set? When, when, <laughs> when, when did they send Shrek to create it's indoor set. plumbing? <laughs> like what year? Yeah, I don't know. Because it was hard and they didn't have anywhere to put it. Yeah. The Romans had a big ocean. Sea. Mm. We have the Monongahela River. (laughs) And the Ohio River. Stop it. Okay, anyway. They just did... The bridge is under construction. (laughs) (laughs) As a a big Halloween face. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I like it. They had the the river with the bridge. Why didn't they just send it there? They probably did. No, wait. They did have indoor plumbing. <laughs> That's the argument we're making. <laughs> Not that they didn't. Anyway. <laughs> I'm really tickling your funny bone today. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with me. Anyway. So at 12.30 a.m. on Christmas morning in the year 1945, the children had gotten up or stayed up to open like their one gift of 
quote unquote Christmas Eve. Yes. Even though it's technically Christmas morning because it's twelve thirty a.m. Yes. So uh, it the, was indoor plumbing. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the kids opened up a few presents and then everybody went to bed. Okay. Or went back to sleep. Yeah. Shortly. Or went after, to their bedrooms. To went to their bedrooms. Dream about sugar plums and fairies. The visions of sugar plums dance in their heads. I don't think the fairies are there. <laughs> Maybe tooth fairies if one of them lost a tooth. True. The world may never know. Anyway, they went to bed. So the telephone rang shortly after, and the mother, Jenny, got up, walked out of her bedroom, and answered the phone. Okay. She heard an unfamiliar female voice who asked to speak to a name that Jenny did not recognize. Okay. Jenny told the caller that, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. But she did hear glasses clinking in the background and the sound of laughter as if the caller was at a party. Yeah. Uh, then the caller hung up. Okay. Christmas Eve party. Right. Jenny looked around and realized that the lights were on in the living room, the door was unlocked, mm. and the curtains had not been drawn. Now, in her kind of sleepy state, she wasn't sure whether she had forgotten to do this before she went to bed. Okay. Or somebody had turned them back on and drew like the curtains Like one of the again. kids came back downstairs or something? Right. Okay. And she did find 17-year-old Marion asleep on the couch. Okay, so she was just like, She's oh, like, Marion came down, forgot to turn the lights off. Right. Jenny went ahead and closed the curtains, turned the lights off and locked the door, and then headed back to her bedroom. Okay. She had just started drifting back off to sleep when she heard a sharp bang on the roof and a rolling noise. <gasps> it's Santa's reindeer! Yeah, sure. <laughs> I just want to say that I'm not entirely sure whether they believed in Santa or if they were following their own traditions. Oh, you're right. Because you're absolutely, you're I absolutely I right. I just don't want to have tunnel in that vision. case. In that case, raccoon. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hit the roof, flew into the roof, and rolled off. Jumped out of a tree. <laughs> It was 18s, by the way. <laughs> Wait, the CD in my car is 18s. <laughs> I, like, I said earlier, 30 minutes is 25. 25 is 25 good. That's good. So uh, about an hour later at 1.30 a.m., Ginny woke back up to okay. the smell of smoke pouring into her bedroom. Ooh, that's not good. No, not at all. So her and George got out of bed, grabbed Sylvia, and ran outside. Okay. Once they got outside, they saw that 17-year-old Marion, who had been in the living room last right, time they knew, right. was also outside. Yes. Along with 23-year-old John and 16-year-old George, who shared their room upstairs. Right, and you said they were in the middle, so they were probably fairly close to the, to the stairs. stairs. Right. They were able to flee the house and meet outside, but did burn parts of their hair on the way out. <gasps> oh, no. George believed that the other five children were still upstairs in the two bedrooms on either side of the hallway right. and thought, as a father would, I have to save them. Right, of course. So he used his arm to bust a window in the bottom of the house to try and re-enter, mm-hmm. I guess because the doorway was was not able to be passed through. Right. He sliced his arm open doing this, but his Ooh. adrenaline didn't Ooh, yeah. register that. He looked inside and realized there was smoke everywhere downstairs. And the staircase, which separated the two halves of the hallway, was completely up in flames. Right, so you can't even get upstairs. Right. He raced back outside and hoped that he could get to them through an upstairs window. Okay. He always left a ladder propped up against the side of the house that reached the top floor. Okay. And he went around to where that was, but the ladder was missing. 
Interesting. He then thought, okay, well, I have these big coal trucks. Yeah. Or big trucks I use to haul coal. So I'll back one up to the house and I can climb up on it and then up onto the roof to get to the kids. Yeah. He had two trucks on the property. Mm -hmm. Uh, Neither one would start. Interesting. So uh, by now he's frantic and he thinks, okay, I'll just have to throw some water on the fire. Um, so he had like a water barrel, like yeah. a rain barrel, and he went to scoop some water out, but it was winter and the water was, was all frozen, frozen and also your house is up in flames. No. So yeah, but like at that point trying. you can't do, you literally can't do anything else right. unless you get like, you're like, okay, everybody climb shoulders. Yeah. Like Build step. a human pyramid. <laughs> um, so he... Uh, at some point around here realized how badly his arm was bleeding. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was able to wrap it up or if right. he was just frantic and like running around. Yeah. But he, he realized it was bleeding yeah. somewhere in the midst. Marion, the 17 year old daughter, ran to the neighbor's home to try and call the fire department but they couldn't get an operator response. So this was still a time where like uh. you have to call the operator and the operator has to connect you to Well was it, well I don't know how phones work. Would they have hurt? Like did the phone not work? Or did, like, the operator just not pick up? Does that make sense? She wasn't sure. Okay. She just, she knew she couldn't get an operator. Yeah, did you get a dial tone back then? You know what I mean? Or do you just... I know what you mean, but I don't... I'm not sure. Okay. There's probably something to that extent. Right? You'd have to... Some form of... Because the power... You could hear the electricity through it. Right, right, right. You would know you were being... Whether you were being connected Connected or or not. not. Yeah. Another neighbor who saw the blaze also tried to make a call from the nearby tavern, but again could not get an operator response. Huh. This neighbor drove into town and alerted the fire chief, F.J. Morris. Okay. He initiated their version of a fire alarm slash whistle, which was called a phone tree. Okay. Where he would call a firefighter, and that firefighter would call another firefighter, and that firefighter was responsible for certain people. Yeah. So eventually... You've basically played the game of telephone. Right, 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 right. Um, Through this system, they were able to get firefighters out to the solder house. Right. But not until 8 a.m. Even though it was 2.5 miles away. Excuse me? Now, part of this problem was having to do this phone tree method. And part of it was that there were a lot of firefighters that were away that had been in the war. That were, like, not in Okay, but someone could have driven the truck in. I don't know. It was winter. It was winter. They they were trying to get there. They were physically not able to get there until eight days. Eight hours later? I thought it was six. About six. Still, it's long. Still, the problem mm-hmm. is that the house burned in only 45 minutes. Yeah. Right. They weren't too much anyway. They wouldn't have been able to. They, they, they couldn't have gotten there. Yeah. Unless they got to the operator and then they got right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, in the aftermath, George and Ginny just assumed that their five younger children, Betty, Ginny, Lewis, and Martha, and Maurice, perished in the blaze. Right. A brief search on Christmas morning turned up no bodies, no bones, and no remains of any kind. A state police inspector examined the scene and said the fire had been due to some faulty wiring. And the coroner's office said, well, I'm sure the children died of either fire or suffocation. So he issued five death certificates before January 1st of 1946. The fire marshal encouraged George to bulldoze over the remains of the property and build... The the house was not going to be able to be repaired. So he said, why don't you make a memorial for them? 
So Went the next day? Like Within four days of the fire, he did this. What? Yeah. Everyone assumed. What a way to console somebody. Yeah. Everyone assumed the kids had died. Right, but like the grieving process in four days for the chief just to be like, oh, just like. Make a memorial. Make a memorial. Push that stuff to the side. Oh, well, I mean, George did it. He covered the basement and what was left of the house in five feet of dirt and planted flowers to make a memorial for the Lovely. children. Um, soon after this, though, Ginny and George, the parents, began to question whether or not the children had actually died in the fire. Right, that's my question. Ginny was very confused because, again, there was no bones, no flesh, no remains of any kind, whereas there were kitchen appliances that were left mostly intact despite being in the blaze. Right. She did her own private experiments by burning chicken bones, beef joints, pork chops, etc. to see if a fire would leave a trace of these things. Let's go. Almost every one of her experiments led to a pile of charred bones still left. Right, but there was something. Right, this isn't as hot as a house fire, but you would think there would be bones. She then talked to an employee of a crematorium in the area. Yeah. I think in the area. Let's go, Jenny. Oh, yeah, she was on it. She talked to the employee who said bones remain after bodies are burned for two hours at 2,000 degrees. Their house burned in only 45 minutes. Right. So it wasn't nearly two hours. Right, right, right. In a house fire, if you look this up online, you kind of get different temperatures. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, sources say that at floor level around your feet, temperatures can reach about 100 degrees. At eye level, it would be about 600 degrees. And at the top top of the house it would be about 1100 at the highest some other things say like like 900 plus degrees to go some sources say up to 1500 and still other sources say that well actually if you burn bodies for one to three hours in a crematorium you could go from 1400 to 1800 degrees and get rid of the bones Okay, but so we're neither the of... time nor the degree. Yeah, so yeah. like if we're at a lower degree, that's not enough time, mm-hmm. and in that time, that's not a high enough degree. So it was strange. Where are the bodies? That's a good. That's that's what they said. They're like there's there was no remains. Yeah, and the parents are like, well, this doesn't make sense. Right. So. Um, in the days that followed, a telephone repairman told them that. Um, your phones didn't work in the area because the lines had actually been cut. I knew it. I didn't know it, but... You assumed. <laughs> I assumed. That's why I asked if they got the operator or if they just didn't get anything. Right. Or, like, they, the operator just didn't answer, mm-hmm. which, like, the operator would have to answer, right? Yeah. So. Now, the parents had gotten a couple private investigators along the way, but yes. some other things that they pieced together were that if the fire had been started electrically as the inspector had said right then their christmas lights would not have been on when they came outside the house and they were when they rushed out of the house there were still some christmas lights. right because if your wiring's that bad that it's going to catch on fire it would basically like everything in your house would go mm-hmm. yeah a witness came forward saying they saw a man leaving the scene with a block and tackle which i guess are things that you use to remove car engines from cars and this was, like, the night of the fire. They saw them leaving the scene. And that could... People said that maybe he had something to do with why the cars didn't start. I would... Hey, 
I would think so. Yeah. A local bus driver also said they had seen some people throwing, quote, balls of fire at the house when they made their nightly route. And when the snow melted, the youngest daughter, Sylvia, was playing in the yard and found a hard rubber object, which her mom picked up and inspected. And they found was a, um, what's called a pineapple bomb. Okay. Which is a napalm bomb that's used sometimes in warfare. It is kind of a uh, cylindrical base. Shaped. Yeah, it's pineapple shaped. But um, because it's napalm, it's a fire, fuel, and gel mixture. So when they throw it, it kind of sticks to the target, but it also immediately ignites in flames. What time was this? What time was what? When the bus driver saw yeah. people? I- I'm not sure. Okay. Now... But Jenny thought when she heard the bang on the roof and something right. roll it down it, it could have been this one of these pineapple bombs. Right. Late, late bus driver route. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, George also recalled two strange visits prior to the fire okay. that made him even more suspicious looking back. A stranger had showed up in the fall asking, can I work for your company, basically? Um, I know how to drive a truck. Can mm-hmm. you hire me? Yeah. And he was invited inside <clears throat> to, like, discuss this. He kind of wandered to the back of the house and looked at two fuse boxes and said, you know, this could start a fire someday. Which George thought was strange because he had just had the wiring inspected. And the power company had said, everything's safe. There's no problem with this. Well, it's also strange that a person you just met would just go snooping around your house. To the fuse boxes. Right. (laughs) Around that same time, a man had came to the house trying to sell them life insurance for the family. He became very irritated when George declined to purchase plans from him. Right. And he said, your GD house is going up in smoke. Your children are going to be destroyed. And you're going to be paid for the dirty remarks you've made about Mussolini. At the time, wow. (laughs) George at the time was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Because he got in fights with townspeople. Yeah, everybody knew. A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was not out of the ordinary for him, and he just brushed it off as he normally did. Yeah. Kind of specific, though. Right. Right. (sighs) Okay. John and George Jr. also recalled that just before Christmas, they had noticed a man or a couple men, depending on the resource you look at who were parked along U.S. Highway 21, intently watching the younger siblings as they came home from school. Multiple days. And they didn't say anything? They were just like, that's weird. Weird. Huh. Weird. Huh. Strange men watching us. Yeah. So the family was frustrated that the local authorities didn't want to do anything about this. Told them to bulldoze the crime scene. Sure, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) So they reached out to the FBI, but basically the FBI said, we can't do anything unless the local authorities ask for our help. That's not true, is it? Is it? It's not. There's no proof that it's a federal crime, so it's technically out of their jurisdiction. Yeah, they're not. This is a thing that happens on criminal minds a lot. Yeah, so if, like, (laughs) somebody does, like, something really bad in Wailing, like, it's on wheeling but as soon as they cross over to like Ohio like the FBI is involved yeah like crossing state lines is like mm -hmm. a big thing for them or if the local authorities ask for them yeah now it's like a federal as soon as it like goes through especially here FBI is always called because somebody will it's so close to drive like into another state yeah yeah. 
That makes sense. So by now, the family had hired... I don't know if this is the first or second private investigator. Right. They had a They've couple. They've had a couple, yeah. But C.C. Uh, Tinsley was the private investigator who... C.C. Tinsley here. Yeah? <laughs> you like that name? I do. Uh, he discovered that the insurance salesman who had threatened George was a member of the coroner's jury who had deemed the fire accidental and encouraged the issuing of the death certificate. Okay. Okay. <laughs> smells a little fishy. Where's the sheriff now? Oh, I don't know. Come on. That's super suspicious. I agree. Fire Chief F.J. Morris had confided in the local priest that he had found what he thought was a heart in the ashes and hid it in a dynamite box and buried it at the scene. C.C. Tinsley, the private investigator, persuaded the fire chief to go with him and dig up where he left the box, which they found to be a beef liver that was untouched by the fire. Now, there's a lot of things that I don't understand about this. Say harp. Heart. Heart. Oh. He said it was a heart that was burned in the fire. Yeah, he thought that a there was a heart, and it could have been the only thing remaining from the children. Which to me, then that child is a saint. He he is either he is either a liar or very confused and should probably be hospitalized immediately. A heart and a liver. Look a lot different. <laughs> Look very different, I think. So he's a liar. So what I'm thinking is that he buried this liver. Mm-hmm. And then was like, I found a heart. Because he wanted them to think that, like, the children actually died. So he's in on it, too. I don't trust this town, is what I'm saying. I don't either. But I also don't know why he was dumb enough to tell the priest. priest he felt bad. Because he, he, felt, he felt bad about covering it up. Whatever happened, because we don't know yet, because those children did not go I that buried fire. a beef liver. Please forgive me, Father Bryson. <laughs> anyway, okay, moving on. So, this is, you know, them trying to do all these investigations and, like, kind of like the, um, the aftermath of what happened with the fire. Sure, sure, sure. But after this, the sightings began. So, a woman claimed to have seen oh, the God. children peering out of a car window while the fire was occurring. While the fire was occurring. Right. Somebody said that they saw the children in a car. Um, okay. And we're like, oh, I actually, it was the same night as the fire. I thought I saw one of the kids in a car. Yeah. At a tourist shop between Fayetteville and Charleston, which is about 50 miles west of their house. Okay, not that far. An employee stepped forward who said she had seen the children the morning after the fire. Once she saw the pictures in the newspaper. Right. She said, I served them breakfast. There was a car with a Florida license plate at the location that morning, which was a little strange. Okay. So she thought she had seen them. Yeah. Going towards Charleston. Right. A woman at a Charleston hotel said she saw their photos in the newspaper and said she had seen four out of the five of the missing slash maybe dead children one week after the fire. They were, quote, accompanied by two women and two men, all of Italian extraction. I think that means ethnicity. She said, I do not remember the exact date. However, the entire party did register at the hotel and stayed in a large room with several beds. They registered at about midnight. I tried talking to the children in a friendly manner, but the men appeared to be hostile and refused to allow me to talk to these children. One of the men looked at me in a hostile manner turned around and began talking rapidly in Italian. Immediately, the whole party stopped talking to me. 
I sensed I was being frozen out by them, and so I said nothing more. They left early the next morning. Okay. Okay. Just, like, if you ever work at somewhere and, like, I mean, I guess she thought they were, like, their parents, but that seems very suspicious, right? Well, don't talk to strangers, but, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but also, like, they're right there. Like, Yeah, I know. It was a very strange situation. Yeah. George saw a newspaper photo, this is the dad, saw a newspaper photo of some school children in New York City and was convinced that one of them was his daughter, Betty. No way. He drove all the way to Manhattan to search for the child, but when he found the parents, they refused to speak to him. Were they of Italian descent? I don't know. Hmm. A new investigation was started in 1949, so... Four years later. Four years later, uh, in August... Washington, D.C. pathologist Oscar B. Hunter conducted a thorough excavation of the scene. He found damaged coins, partly burned dictionaries, several shards of vertebrae were also found. So, human spine bones. Okay. He sent them to the Smithsonian Institution, who released this report. The human bones consist of four lumbar vertebrae belonging to one individual. Since the transverse recesses are fused, the age of this individual at death should have been 16 or 17 years. The top limit of age should be about 22, since the centra, which normally fuse at 23, are still unfused. On this basis, the bones show greater skeletal maturation than one would expect from a 14-year-old boy who was the oldest solder child missing. However possible, although not probable, for a boy 14 and a half years old to show 16 to 17 maturation. Also, the bones showed no evidence of being exposed to the fire. One would expect to find the skeletons of five children rather than only four vertebrae since the house had burned in only 30 to 45 minutes. Then the report concluded that the bones were probably in the dirt used to fill the basement and might have been like accidentally taken from a grave from a nearby cemetery, but it wasn't likely to be any of the children. Right, because if it was, somebody would have had to kill them and bring the vertebrae back. Also, the report specifically said, based on the children that are missing, none of them fit this age group. Oh, I thought you said the oldest. The oldest one that was missing, yeah. The rest are too young. Like, he would be the closest to the age range. But still not in it. But still not in it. Oh, I didn't get that part, sorry. sorry. Too many big words, even though there weren't that many big words. I know. You know what I mean? I just wanted to share the actual report because I thought no, it was cool that yeah, the yeah. Smithsonian was like, oh no, we looked at it. So, is the sheriff going to like call the FBI now? or? So, after the Smithsonian report, um, there were two hearings in, Chomps- in Chompston. In Charleston. What are you trying to say? The West Virginia State Capitol held two separate hearings to decide whether or not they needed to continue investigating the cases. Okay. It took two? All right. I didn't know. This was said. Governor Oki L. Patterson and the State Police Superintendent W.E. Burchett told the Sodders that their search was hopeless and declared the case closed. Oh my, are you serious? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I oh was Oh my like, god. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because I was exasperated at the fact that they were just like, nah, you're not going to find your kids. Sorry, bye. Ugh. Oh my god, that's, that's wild. Yeah. However, George was not giving up. No. And neither was Jenny, obviously. Uh, they placed a billboard around 
along Route 16 and passed out flyers offering a $5,000 reward in exchange for information leading to the recovery of the children. They then soon after increased the reward to $10,000. Yeah. So I think they probably got more money together and were like, oh, this is more appealing. Or people donated to the cause. A letter arrived from St. Louis after the billboard was placed saying that Martha was in a convent there. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Another tip came in from Texas where a bar patron heard an incriminating conversation about a long ago Christmas Eve fire in West Virginia. (gasps) Then someone in Florida claimed the children were staying with a distant relative of Jenny's. All of these leads, George literally traveled to the place where the lead came from. Yeah. And never came up with it. Which it should have been the police. Yeah. But the governor and the police chief or whatever he was... Police chief superintendent. Whatever. He doesn't deserve that title, yep. in my opinion. So, George followed up on all these leads, but and others. Yeah. But always came back empty-handed. Right. So, in 1968, which was 20 years after the fire, Jenny received a letter in the mail that was addressed only to her, postmarked from Kentucky with no return address. Okay. The photo was of a man in his mid-20s. The back of the photo had strange handwriting cryptic was what it said i don't understand i have cryptic handwriting they cut stuff out of magazines no which would have made it more cryptic but no <laughs> so it read lewis Sauter. i love brother frankie i l i l boys a nine zero one three two or zero nine oh one three five so that doesn't make sense cool. but one of the sons that was missing was lewis the boy in the picture had dark curly hair, a dark brown eyes, and the same nose shape with an upward tilt of the left eyebrow that okay. Lewis had. So right, he right, resembled right. him a lot. Do you say the numbers again? A90132. Or it could have been 35 at the end. Interesting. Betty, Ginny, Lewis, and Martha, and Maurice were the five children that were missing. Okay. Betty was 5, Jenny 8, Louis 9, Martha 12, and Maurice 14 at the time of the fire. So the ages would have matched up with the picture. And the number, right? A9, age 9, and then the numbers were a Possibly, date? yeah. Uh, so three, in the five, picture, no, three, the boy two. looked to be about 20 years old. But what? How old was he when he was missing? Uh, nine, he, right? he was 9 when he was went missing, yes. So the, if you had age oh. 9... 0132, though. So I don't know how that would have... Oh, my God. What was his birthday? I don't know. Oh, my God. We've cracked the case. Well, I just assume everybody knows it's him, but you can't find him. Yeah. The the boy in the picture... Dust for Prince! They sent a private detective to Kentucky, but never heard from him again. I don't know if they mean the detective never said anything back to them, or if they never heard anything... Like, no. they never got anywhere with right. it. Right. He took their know. money and ran. It'd be wild if they never heard from the detective. He died. Right? He found him, but I he died. Uh, they didn't want to publicize the letter because they thought, okay, well, maybe he was kidnapped, but he's still, like, in a dangerous situation. We don't want to put him in any danger, which I thought was weird because if he's 20, like, yeah, okay. Um, but they took their billboard that had the pictures of the children, yeah. which still stood 20 years later. Right. And they amended it to have also the updated photo Ooh, of Lewis. Ooh, okay. Good idea. In an interview, George said, Time is running out for us, but we only want to know. If they did die in the fire, we want to be convinced. Otherwise, we want to know what happened to them. 
Right. Yeah. So I don't even know if they were expecting to necessarily get them back. If they, they just were wanted like to know, them. yeah, where they, they were. Just to know what happened. Yeah. And if they were safe. A year after this interview, George died in oh. 1968. It was the same year that she received the letter. letter. George passed away. Sure. Ginny had worn black every day after the fire and no other color until her death in 1989. Hmm. Wow. She, was wow. she lived a long time, yeah. Yeah. After Ginny's death, the billboard came down, but her children and grandchildren continued with the investigation. Right. Like they, they haven't stopped looking. Yeah. So they have several theories Mm -hmm. about what happened. One of which is that the local mafia had tried to recruit their father slash grandfather, um, but he had refused. Ooh. And then they tried to extort money from him because he had a big business. They could try and get money from him, but he also refused. Yeah. So the question is, okay, did the, the Italian mafia or Sicilian mafia kidnap the kids wanting money? And if that's the case, why was there never a, a ransom? ransom note? Yeah. Uh, the Italian never go up against a Sicilian when, when death, death is, is on, on the, the line. line. <laughs> 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 now I thought this kind of, this was kind of weird because they were from a small community, but actually the Italian mafia was very active in West Virginia. Yeah. This was more in the earlier 1900s. As of, like, 1923, there was a big arrest of a group in Fairmont, West Virginia. Right. Where people from the mafia had been doing the same type of thing, extorting... People for money. ...the other local immigrants. Yeah. And saying, you know, if you don't give us money, blah, 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 we'll whatever. We'll kill you, threat. we'll kidnap your family, we'll right. burn down your house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So while this was more in the, like, 1920s, I highly doubt they just went away after the one Yeah, well, especially if they they had a large population of Italian Mm -hmm. immigrants. And those who were loyal to Mussolini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Mussolini? Mussolini. 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 Tortellini. Benito. That's mean of me. Benito Mussolini. Oh. That's not what I thought I thought he was. just had one name. Uh, that's the last name. Like Prince. What? So the artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah, you're right, you're right, oh, you're right, you're right. You're right. I don't right. know what I thought you were talking about, but you mean Prince, like... Yeah. The singer. The singer, gotcha. Prince. Prince I was just kind of ignoring it. Another theory was that possibly... Somebody started a fire and then burst into the home, and it was someone they knew, and was like, come on, kids, we've got to get out of the house. I'm going to take you to safety. Put the kids in the car, drove away, and just, like... Never gave them back? Told, well, could have told them that your parents will be in danger if you go back, or your parents oh, died in oh, the fire. Oh, he started the fire in order to kidnap them. Yes. He didn't start the fire and was like, come Me on, kids, I'll save you, and fire. was like, maybe I just won't it give the kids back. <laughs> Since the world's been turning, Interesting. That would be kind of rough, though, because you would have to start the fire, then corral all the kids without dying from the fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Although if it was somebody the goal- they trusted. No, no, but I'm saying, like, if he starts the fire, then he'd have to run upstairs, grab five children mm-hmm. that are On young. On either side of the hallway. Right, so that seems... Where there's... Two older brothers, at least, in yeah. either side, plus yeah. 
married in the to, living room? He'd have to kidnap them first, if that makes sense. What I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And also, to go through all the trouble of taking the ladder away and... Like, if he's just there to kidnap the children, why go through all that work? Just drive away. Yeah, I don't know. The ladder was later found on, like, a further investigation, tossed over a bank down in a creek by the house. Dusted for prints. I don't feel like they did a lot of that at this time. I don't think forensics prints were happening. This was more of, like, a draw chalk outline around them so we knew where the body was. (laughs) Okay, you're right, you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Okay, interesting, just a plain old kidnapping. And the kids went with them because they knew them. Well, possibly still connected to the mafia. But, like... Oh, yes. We don't know. Right. Mob, mafia, does it matter? No. Anyway. Okay. Uh, So, in 2012, Sylvia, the youngest daughter, who had not been kidnapped, slash died. She was two at the time of the fire. When she... In 2012, she was 69 years old. And still believed her siblings did not die in the fire. Oh, who does? She often visited crime-sleuthing websites and discussed the case with people who were still interested in the family mystery. Always still trying to gain information. Right. Or like, what what did you think? Yeah. Trying to find new leads. Yeah. Um, Some other people, skeptics, think the children were killed in the fire and the family just was never able to accept the loss. They would have found something, science, we have science, science people, we have the technology. Do we? You would have found something. hmm So, come on. Okay, anyway. So that's the end of the theories that I have. Oh. I'm interested in what you think, other than I know you think they didn't die in the fire. They didn't die in the fire. There's no way. There's no way. I think... I personally think that there would have to be a reason to kidnap the kids and to go through all that trouble. Mm -hmm. So to me, it would make more sense. Maybe not necessarily like the, it doesn't have to be the mafia, but somebody Mm -hmm. that was like really mad at him for some reason, Mm -hmm. like took his kids. Well. Wanted to get back at him mm -hmm. for something. When I first looked at this story, um, until you kind of dive into it, it looks on the outside like there was a fire and these kids disappeared. Yeah. Nobody has any idea why. Yeah. But then, like, the more you look into George as a person, yeah. you find out that he was so vocal against. Right. There's definitely. The he dictator. had emin- enemies. Nemonies. He's got a lot of ne- anemones. Anemonemony? <laughs> Aw, you guys made me in. You got a lot of people trying to. Chase me on my. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's someone had to be mad at him for some reason. There had to have been a reason, and I I strongly believe that they were probably kidnapped. Yeah. Well, I, I think there had to be more of a reason, like, they got in a fight with the dad. Because, also, this sound I might be wrong, but if someone wanted to just kidnap their kids because they were, like a pedophile or like gonna sell them into like sex trafficking Mm -hmm. they could have just like snatched them up anywhere and to take five you know what i'm saying right right for those reasons i think it with the fire the fire fire's often like a rage thing right so i feel like there had to been some connection i think he had to know them and they got in a huge fight and then they're like well F you, man. F you, George. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. was, like, revenge. 
Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the more logical. Yeah. What do you think? I'm going to go with the theory that there is some form of mafia relation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My only thing is I bet the kids are dead. You it's think? Of, yeah. That they killed them. Yeah, I bet they it's took them away. That's a lot of yeah. time. One... He's just going to take it. Because they're not, like, two years old where they're not going to have any recollection. They're, what, like, five, yeah. six, five, seven? Five, eight, nine, and 14, So I maybe think. not the five-year-old, but, like, the... Older kids know older what's kids happening. Older kids definitely would have yeah. known that, That's like, true. these aren't my parents. Like, yeah. So maybe they kept them alive for, like, a couple of days and then took them somewhere and... And then even that... Sorry, five, eight, nine, twelve, and fourteen. Right, so, so... really, you've got kids that are definitely old enough to know what's happening. Yeah. So, they... And if they know, they would have said something by right. now. Right. Well, that's my thing, too. If they if they would have let them live, right, and, like, that was Lewis in the photo, and he's 20, you'd think at some point they would be free enough to... Mm-hmm. What were the say numbers something? again? A, nine, O, one... 35 or 32. 35 or 32, yeah. Hmm. 13, 12, 11. That would have been close to the age. 1935. Yeah. She was born, I think it was 10, not nine. That could have been his nine, birthday. But it would have been, yeah. I don't know. Because if That's it was, that could have been, like, proof that it was actually him because they knew. That would be the only one that would be weird. Yeah. Because none of the other kids have any, like... Yeah, they saw pictures, but... Yeah, but that could have been just like, somebody yeah, that looked like hey, them. I saw somebody that looked kind of like that. You yeah. should check it out, and then they don't Right, right, exist. right, right. So the only, I mean, maybe one. Mm-hmm. But once again, you're 25. You mm-hmm. could easily be like, hey, yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. So that's kind of why I 20. think that if the... I think that... It it does make sense, the kids' theory about, like, somebody they know came into the house and yeah. took them and said, either your parents were in trouble or your parents died, so mm. I'm just taking you somewhere safe. And they just never questioned, oh, my parents are dead because this person I trust yeah. told me that. Yeah, that's true. Make the mom angry. Yeah. But, yeah, the burning, because there has to be something, like, yeah, burning of the house, but you can rebuild. Like, you can't get your... Kids back. Here's mm-hmm. something, and then here's something else that you'll never yeah. regret. Yeah, or and... you'll never... Like, you'll always regret something. Right. Like, well, to, and like, to go through all the steps to, like... It, it was almost like they layered on, like... Yeah, there's a fire, but you can't use your ladder, and now you can't use your car, because I know exactly what you're going to try to do. And now the phones are all cut, so you can't call the fire department, so... It was you know what I mean? too professional... Yeah. Of a thing. It was too organized. Right. For it to just be like, To I... be coincidences. And yeah. the, the cut wires were like clean cut. Like yeah. someone purposely yeah. cut Well, them. and also if all these people like that he talked to, like the cor- I don't know about the guy who was like the insurance person slash coroner report guy. Mm-hmm. But like if all of these people were either, I mean, probably of Italian of descent. So mm-hmm. they're either in the mob or they're not going to go against the mob. Mm-hmm. So they're clearly going to cover it up. Yeah. And the fact how fast it was. Yeah. Oh, they're dead. Just bury it. Yeah. Just, yeah, bulldoze over it. How, how as a coroner do you say, 
they're probably dead yeah. when you have no, no body. Yeah. And how do you say fire or suffocation? How do you say suffocation if you don't have a body to yeah. say suffocation? Yeah, it's... They got paid. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They either got threatened or they got paid. Yeah. So. I don't think they died in the fire. No. That's, there's no way. That's pretty yeah, much what the people only say now. thing is... I don't know how long they lived after. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah, even if they... And if they did, that's really shitty. Yeah. Well, Sorry, there were only the... there were only four of them. <laughs> there were only four of them. If that lady at the Charleston Hotel did see them, mm-hmm. she only saw four out of the five that had been kidnapped. So right. what, yeah, where's yeah, where's the fourth? Right off the bat, that where's that? Yeah, true, true. That I'm assuming. What was the oldest? Maurice was. 14. 15. 15. 14, 14, 14. I'm assuming he probably tried to fight back. He's dead. Yeah. Pretty yeah, quick. he's the oldest boy. He's probably protect, trying to protect his siblings. Yeah. yeah. So. And 13, they, that 16. lady didn't say which of the children yeah. she thought she That's saw. That's true, yeah. yeah. Um, so who knows? I would say that Betty isn't going to fight back. She's five. No, she Jenny, doesn't. probably not. Lewis might be the... He's the one that might be in the photo. He was a nine. Yeah. He probably was still too young to, like, put up much of a fight. Yeah. And then Martha was 12. Like... Yeah. Maurice is the only one I would say that... Be like, eh, he'll be a problem. Get rid of him. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's wild. Mm. So, do you think that this story will keep you up at night? Or will you still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug? I'm more, I'm going to lose more sleep over the fact that, like, clearly something was up. Mm -hmm. And no one did anything about it. Mm -hmm. No one did. Now, if it was the local people, okay, they're part of the mafia. I get that. But, like, the governor. He might have been part of the mafia. Yeah, was he? Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Everybody's in on it. Yeah, that's, that's my thing. That's what makes me the most mad. I mean, it was like four years later, or yeah, at least yeah, four but years later. But still, cold, you did ca- cold cases, quote unquote, are opened back up all the time. Yeah, all yeah. the time. I think the thing that gets me about this story is that it was in West Virginia. Yeah, and like just so close to home because West Virginia is home for us. But to me, it's like this happened in our backyard. Yeah. And nobody knows that it happened. Yeah. Well, people, I mean, some people know about it. But, like, for the most part, it's not a well-known thing. Right. Like, the fact that the mob was so prevalent around here, I didn't know. The mob! Did you know that? I feel like you probably did. Yeah. Yeah, I told you he knew. That's why I was excited that Jack would be on this Um, episode. What do you think? Is it going to keep you up at night? Uh... Is the mob going to come after us? We didn't really do anything against him. You're right. Cut out our chunks. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I know some people, but... Mm. In the mob? He can't say that. <laughs> I cannot confirm nor deny that yeah, accusation. I know people. Uh, no. Um, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I'm just more like... I think that's... I feel bad to say, but that's like a lost cause if those kids are gone. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's I mean, more of like what happened sure. to them, not like. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Just, I mean, obviously something did. But yeah. Like, what? I, I can't tell you. I know. Right. Know how to work that out. Jack's not going to be. He's fine. Too much He's fine. <laughs> 
So, um, overall, what do you think? It's a good story. Yeah. I liked it. Well, I didn't like it, but... Makes you... It's a thinker. It's a thinker. Mm. So, let us know what you thought. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the mob was involved? Are you, you a part of the mob? Are you a part of the I mob? I don't think they can say that. <laughs> There's still, like, actual mafia members that have, like, hits on them and stuff. They're cool. They're on... My mom watches ID a lot. Yeah. And every once in a while, there'll be one on there, and they'll be like, have to blur out his face. And they're like, why are you blurred out? And like, I'm 79. And still and people are coming after me. Yeah. Me oh, no. Okay, well, put in a coded message. I got you. <laughs> we'll figure it out, we promise. Yeah, let us know if you're on the Mafia. Out. You can connect with us on our social media. Facebook is Bug and a Rug. Instagram and Twitter at BIR Podcast. Our Whitney's wonderful resources will be on our website, bugandarug.podbean.com. If you want to look into this story more and try to solve it yourself, let us know what you've found out. Mm-hmm. If you ever contacted Sylvia Sauter on a crime sleuthing website. Yeah, let us Prior know. to 2012 when she was 69 years old. Uh, she's still alive. That's a real good I don't know. In 2012, uh, she was 69, so she definitely could be. Yeah, that's livable. Yeah. Livable. That's only eight years, right? Oh, God, what year is it? I mean, she'd be 77? Seven, yeah. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let us know. We should find her. If she's anything like our Grandma Kay, she's still, she's still on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we should find her. What if she has a Facebook? Maybe. That'd be wild. That'd be wild. If you want a sticker, we have stickers, let us know. If you're in the Mafia and let us know, we will send you a sticker. We'll send all your mob friends stickers, too. Give us all their addresses. <laughs> That's a dangerous game to play. We won't put our return address, but... <laughs> We will send them stickers. Yeah. They can listen to our episode, let us know what they think. Yeah. Whether they want to own up. Mm-hmm. You know, now's the time. Yeah. Come clean. Get it off your chest. <laughs> what? Take it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Thank you for the story. It was really good. All right, guys. Um, I guess we're signing off now. Say bye. 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 <laughs> signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Jack. Bye. Sleep tight. <laughs>